0: hey everyone welcome to a new segment that we're doing and it's going to be with myself and Isosa and it's going to be called relatively conscious and it comes from the great James Baldwin where he says to be a Negro or a black person in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time so in this segment there will be reflections from a Christian perspective, obviously, uh, from two black men on a variety of cultural things happening in America, historical events, um, and theological matters. So welcome. All right, welcome back, everybody. And it's Robert and Isosa. Say hello, Isosa. Hello, everybody.
1: Good to be back again.
0: <laughs> and um, so today on, the, on our segment, we're going to be talking about the dynamics uh, within the African diaspora, uh, but specifically between Nigerians and African Americans. And um, for a little context uh, for our conversation today, uh, the first time Isosa and I met, this was part of our discussion. Um, we're sitting at this party, no. and this is like a, the topic of our conversation. Um, which this can, so to give a little background, um, I'm from Chicago, and there are a lot of Nigerians there. And uh, if someone was unaware, they might not be able to tell the difference between Nigerians and american blacks i think that's silly because i can tell the difference (laughs) Um, very readily um and um between a nigerian person and uh an american black person but um in um but growing up in chicago there was this distinct difference uh between nigerians and black people and uh, they, it seemed to be as I got older that there was uh, this hostility um, as I got older and older like there was some there was a lot of beautiful similarities and we 'll talk about it, but there was also some of the, like this hostility that i didn 't fully understand until I got older and started to have some uh, wonderful conversations uh, with Nigerian people. Uh, about why there seemed to be like this tension, like, hey, we black, like, why are y'all acting like this? So, um, and so as I got older, I realized, oh, there is beef, there is some tensions between how um, black parents see Nigerians and how Nigerian parents see black, uh, uh, black Americans, so. Isosa, entering into this topic, uh, maybe give us from your perspective uh, coming to America, like what, maybe what were your thoughts or what, what are things that you saw of maybe from your parents or things that you saw of the tensions between uh, Nigerians and black people?
1: Yeah, so growing up, it really was um, something we used to talk about a lot back home in Nigeria. You know, amongst friends, we generally talked about, you know, when we talk about the states and we talked about um, race, we would, you know, talk about white people and then we'll talk about black Americans. There was always, there's always been a conversation and Nigerians are people that love, like if you are on Twitter, you would know Nigerians, we love to make fun of everything. We love memes, we love Twitter, we love all that kind of stuff. So we know how to make, you know, take really serious topics and just make light of it. And we, mm-hmm. sometimes we might not be as sensitive because most times we might not even really mean as much harm. So we used to talk about you know, race and Black Americans, but the, what the conversations always circled around the fact that we always wanted to be differentiated or be seen as being different from you know, Black Americans. And that came from what we were always presented because we were top heavy on you know, TV. Like I've been watching I grew up watching all the American movies, all the cartoons, you know, TV and everything. So we, we had that mindset. We listened to all the music. We're heavy in hip hop. So there was, you know, the portrayal of what we saw on TV was more negative in terms of the way Black Americans were portrayed, you know, and Black people in America. Mm. And for us, that obviously framed a lot of our thinking. And that framed a lot of our conversations. So coming to the States, I definitely came with more of a mindset of, um We might look alike, but we aren't really alike and I understood a little bit of the history, but I hadn't spent enough time actually really doing personal research and reading into black culture and black history like i I just knew about some of it, and I obviously had a lot of family here too um so coming here there was definitely well, and we were, some of my friends were in grad school, we always used to try to talk about how we want to be separated or not seen as black Americans you know because there is more of a negative connotation um. But then I would say after my first year, during my second year, I started getting a little more curious. And then I started studying a lot more. Um, and that kind of really blew my mind in terms of exposing me to really the history of th- this country, the history of all the things that Black people have gone through. And between that time and now, I really educated myself. It was kind of like a personal revelation process for me because I, pers- I didn't need anybody to talk to me. But once I started reading and also I obviously talked to some people after that. It really exposed me to a whole lot um, that has brought me to my, what I, how I see black people now in America. Um, so yeah, that, that might
0: give a little- Yeah, no, 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 no. That's, that's helpful. I think it's funny because growing up, I think with Africans in general, there is this love-hate relationship and mm-hmm. You know from from my perspective, my vantage point, I felt like there was love, and i I thought like, I'll talk about the love in a minute, but the the hate part, <laughs> um, and I and obviously colonization uh, really uh, did a number on the world uh, as far as fostering that hatred. But there was this fear of being dark, right? Mm -hmm. And there were all these terms like, um, you didn't want to be called African. Or like, they're so dark, you look like an African. You know, and that that was like the insult. You know, here we are in Chicago, like... (laughs) there are a lot of people of African descent in Chicago right like yeah. so and that was like the insult like no like I don't want to be an African no 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 mm-hmm. no no <laughs> no and, and um and and what's sad is I'm thinking back to my school there's so many now that I think back through this lens that I have now yikes there are probably there were so many people that were probably Haitian or Nigerian yeah who are like second generation Nigerian in my school, but I didn't think of it at that time, right? Yeah. Like, like that wasn't that wasn't the lens that I was looking through. Yeah. It was just, but everyone was trying not to be African, <laughs> right? Like that's just what you did not want to be called, or like, oh, yeah. look at that girl, she's so dark, like she looks African. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's interesting really that, that you you talk about yeah. that. Started breaking, um,
0: no, no, no
1: colonization. Fine. So that is interesting because I feel like it also framed you know, Nigerians being colonized by the British, you know, all the till like 1960, and then you know, life has been different since then. But that definitely, I believe, also framed our thinking because it, it used to be really ridiculous to me, like back home, where if five if I'm in a bank or, or somewhere trying to get a service, you know. Someone to perform a service for me, or a bank or wherever it is, and a white person walks in. <laughs> Automatically, the five or twenty of us would be pushed to the back, and we're all Nigerians, and we're there first. Like it was very obvious growing up, it was, so I mean, it, was like, it was crazy. It was very obvious that growing up, people in our country invited people that had white skin over us that lived in this country, and this person could be anybody, could be a huge because in Nigeria we kind of like a lot of people respect status a lot of times more than you know anything if you prove that but that was something that's something that really used to happen so it it makes sense to me you know you saying it I'm just thinking about it I definitely that played a part to our relationship also with you know African Americans because it's always that mindset of the white man is better you know so we just kind of carried it over and
0: yeah it and, I, too, you know? and I think it, it it fractured our relationships because then. Yeah it set the tone for relationships between the races right so not only in your home country did it set the tone for how not only how you would relate to the colonizers yes. but then how you would see each other and, and and how you would treat one another right so it's broken and that's why mm. the sin of colonization lives on right like it did not just die out and that's mm. why um colonization is a doozy i i make it my aim to study it uh Mm. because people think ah let's not talk about that that's like that's a part of the past no that that sin is not done baby like that (laughs) that sin had compounding effects um and ramifications that affect us even interpersonally right and so yeah, between us, I, I think there was this fear of being too dark and looking African and where that, that fear came from, I don't no one could trace that. Like, wh- like why that was this inherent fear. Like if you were to ask a child, like why do you fear being African? Mm. No kid could answer that. Like no, <laughs> there's not like, <laughs> yeah. why are you afraid of looking like, a, like an African? I don't I don't know. I just I, I know I don't want to be called that. Um and luckily for me that was never my portion, <laughs> you know, like um in in which it was also ignorant because Africans come in all shades and it was just ignorance, like, yeah. it was just, it was like sheer ignorance. <laughs> like um and um but specifically with Nigerians as I got older, um there was this tension because I I I noticed um, Nigerians were good at so many things. They had um, this culture of excellence, Um, whether it was math and science and music and um, fashion, all these things. And it almost seemed like they were too good for Black people. And I didn't pick that up until later in life. And uh, that's when... I started to get slick towards Nigerians. <laughs> because it, I didn't catch that necess- like in, a, in an acute way as a child. But yeah. as I got older, I was like, wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, but, White yeah, people yeah. hate all of us. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and I remember back to that first conversation we had. And it's something I hadn't thought on so much about you saying that white folks look at Us and they wouldn't differentiate because they can't tell. Like, I can be in a place, and sometimes I'll tell my wife, I'll be like, That person is probably a Yoruba person, which is a tribe from Nigeria. Because when we see people, we can tell. It's interesting because Nigeria is a country of probably over 180 million people, but still, and the Yoruba tribe is, you know, one of the bigger tribes in the country. But still, I might have never met that person before, but I see him in a space, and I'm like, That person looks Nigerian. You know, we could tell it. But like they say, Folks, just white folks see us and they're like they're all the same so when you bring that point up or you say that it's like what are you trying to differentiate yourself from that on just this is just a very basic you know outlook of it when if you're trying to get an opportunity you're still going to be discriminated on a whole (laughs) what are you trying to run away from this you know but even taking it deeper it's like um understanding the reality of what Black folks in this country have been through and also where Black folks are from. You know, everybody pretty much came from the motherland, you know, which is Africa. And, you know, some of them were from Nigeria, different parts. And if you read about slavery and understanding that, it's like saying I have this distant cousin that was separated from me for tons and tons of years and I get to be with them again. You know, I might the person might have changed so much and have his whole life differently, but there's still a connection to me and that person. And I, I believe that that is what I grew into, that mindset of, okay, we are still the same and we're still brothers, regardless of if we have been apart or we talk a different way and our cultures aren't generally the same, even though we still, you know, share some things that are alike. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely grew into that space. And it wasn't just a situation where even though I've loved hip hop all my life, you know, I might not have been appreciating the people as much. I started to appreciate the people because I started thinking, you know, I think about it. I'm like, you don't really have, you know, thinking about the people that were taken away from the land, brought into another country, forced to be slaves, made, forced to, you know, till the land and work with the country, have had to deal with, um, you know, racism in different forms and still were able to create something for themselves. You know, that has given me a different level of respect when I think about that reality. You know, creating their own you know, different type of music or even fashion and language. And it's like creating a whole culture yeah, where
0: yeah, like yeah, yeah. Were,
1: that was stripped away from them. That is like huge for me. So it's like, it's given me a whole appreciation, you know, coming from where I used to, you know, with the mindset I used to have.
0: Um, the, yeah, I think, yeah, it's funny because when you talk about, I think it's interesting that there are all these parallels Yeah. Between if, we're, if between Africans and African Americans, yes, but if we're talking about between Nigerians specifically and black Americans, like man, there's so many parallels like and there's so many things I think because colonization in um, chattel slavery like were very unique in the way yeah. that it manifested but um a lot of the effects um were similar right and and so um they shaped us uh, in similar fashions right and then the thing i think about is um there's this longing within a lot of black history for the motherland as you were talking about and you can hear it on a lot of um spirituals uh that arose out of uh um, slavery and you can hear it in a lot of early music even in early rap songs um, it's beautiful I love studying music um, of, of, of black folks because you'll hear this cry for the motherland that's really 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 beautiful um, and so I make it my history to study like old music and you, so you, you, you'll hear this cry for this land that people never even saw Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so I think what's beautiful if if Africans would study music from black Americans and mm-hmm. see the vantage point that black Americans have of the motherland from a like the love and the longing for land that they've never even known. Mm-hmm. I think that they would probably appreciate the mother continent in a way that they could never access right like because here are these people you talked about these displaced cousins that uh were forcibly removed right and were like broken off like branches from a tree Mm. and were forcibly removed and forced to replant in an alien uh native alien strange soil and they Mm. longed to be in their home uh beautiful, enriching soil. And and so I think what is beautiful is like that longing to like, we just want to be back home. And some people did return home and a lot of people yeah. returned to Liberia even. Um, but like, I think, Af- so there's this mutuality that could happen. Um, yeah. And some have returned back and received a lot of impartation that way. But I think Africans could really benefits from like what if i looked at like my home through the the lens of these distant cousins who like all of their life they've had this longing to return to a place they've never been right Mm -hmm. like and you hear it in these early rap songs and it's so beautiful because it's like man these 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 negroes are from like harlem and they've never been to like They've never been out of the country and they're raving (laughs) about like this place. They don't know what it's like there. Like they, they probably in some ways have an over idealized version of Africa. Like they picture it to be Wakanda. (laughs) Which
1: which is funny because, you know, the way Nigerians especially see it, you know, what you're talking about is if you were in my shoes, (laughs) you would probably want to not live where I'm living. It's like we, we looked at it from the other side of the prism. Uh, I really want to be where you are. You know, and in a way, it's, it was partially, you could say, it's short-sighted in a way. Um, where a lot of Black Americans are today in America is a place where, we, the way we saw it was, we have all the opportunities. Because obviously we weren't looking at what was, you know, systemic racism and racism from before and slavery. We understood that. But it's like, now America just gives you everything. So why don't you just use everything you have? So Mm -hmm. it's interesting because if we actually probably did look at it from that prism and if more people in Nigeria and also Africa look at it from a mindset of I was taken away from what was mine and I would just love to go back to that space, then we would have a lot more empathy and understanding. And then we wouldn't Mm -hmm. have that back and forth, probably won't be there. But we are thinking, you know, more of us than we used to think, dude, your life in cold should be perfect because you're in America. Because everybody dreams to go to America. Like, hey, you, that was just like the, your life goal, among the life goals was to go to America. So it's like, you know, so it's almost it was a situation where people used to feel you are not appreciative or you are not using it. But see, like, again, that, that was short-sighted. It was just from the prism of what we used to see on TV. Uh, but then, you know, you probably don't need that. If you study... If we did study a little more there, if we were opportune to, or we got ourselves to that space where we educated ourselves a little more, uh, maybe we won't have been thinking that way, but I will tell you honestly, coming to the States, it, it's been, and meeting people and, you know, speaking a lot with people and
0: having sharing those experiences, you know, and also doing my study.
1: My, my whole worldview has changed concerning that.
0: But um, yeah, I think what's funny is what you're saying. I, I think that's why there has to be this mutual sharing together. Because you can appreciate something about becoming an American citizen Mm. that I take for granted, right? Like Mm. being an American citizen, sure, it's special in a general way. I mean, I don't be actively meditating on the blessing uh, (laughs) regularly. but you probably appreciate it in a more fresh way because it took you some trial and tribulation to get that, you know, mm. <laughs> yeah. mm. to obtain a passage to get here, right? Like, into you yeah. do it, right? And yeah. so you can help me appreciate my citizenship here. You can teach me that. I can't do that on my own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and conversely, I can teach you what it means to appreciate the motherland because um, you cannot do that on your own, right? And that's where the humility comes in because in you have a continent that you can call your own. You know where you come from. like, And I know that I come from that continent in a general way okay. <laughs> um, and I've done DNA testing so I do okay. know where I'm from but um want to share with us yeah I know yeah yeah. I am I am actually pretty Nigerian actually
1: this okay <laughs> okay. I, I, You'll see. I, uh, during this conversation, I started thinking, what
0: if Robert was really I should share my DNA full uh, spectrum. Um, but, like, but uh I think you will never know what it's like the first time I was around all Africans um, in college. And I remember just crying. Like, I was just like, mm-hmm. why am I so emotional? this is So, and I was around all these Africans. And I just started crying. And I was, to me, when I look, it was a spiritual experience to me. When I look back, I know that's that. It was emotional, physical, spiritual reaction to, feeling like I belonged to something and I think you don't know what it's like to live in a land that is hostile to your being. Mm -hmm. You chose to come here, right? But you have a place where you belong, Mm -hmm. right? So you're living here for a purpose, right? But you don't belong here. And you don't mm-hmm. have to be here. And Nigerians are awesome because y'all be creating home wherever y'all go. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it literally doesn't matter. Y'all move to a new city. Yeah. Within months, y'all create y'all create home. Y'all replicate yeah. <laughs> home. <laughs> so y'all like, okay, this new Nigeria is fine. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> But like you don't know what it's like in that way. Does that make sense? You'll and you. I don't yeah. think you'll ever know what it's like. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I think that we can teach one another that aspect too. Um,
1: yeah, that, that I I definitely agree. It gives you a general sense of appreciation when you have uh, conversations with you know um, African American folks here, and you get to hear their experiences and their longing for wanting to, you know, not just, you know, in a way it's like, you might just say identify, but they are, they kind of know where even if they haven't done, you know, a DNA test, they already, they identify because they know this is where they're from, you know? So it's like that feeling of really those conversations bring you to a place where you understand the appreciation they have. And it will probably strip away some of that hostility that you might think they have towards you because, some of the reactions we have had is also based of the fact that we were always looked down upon. You know, like how, how, when you talked about earlier, like, you know, they don't think we're good. And to be honest, <laughs> I know it's jokes because I listen to like a lot of comedy and stuff. And I, <laughs> I hear sometimes, you know, some comedians I make those generalizations of, you know, you know, like when you just want to make a, a sound from, if even wherever I'm from, like you just make a generic African sound. And a lot of times, those are things that, you know, they kind of make, raise our guards up. They're like, yeah, don't, you know, I'm not monolithic. I'm not, you know, Africa's a big continent. I'm just one huge country. And even in Nigeria, it's the biggest black, you know, well, the biggest black nation in the world. So we kind of want, would obviously always have always wanted that appreciation too. And that understanding too from, you know, African-American folks. So it, it def, I feel like conversations also go a long way, you know, to talking a lot more. And also sharing your experiences, you
0: get to know that hey, we are really alike in more ways than we think. Uh, it's true, and I think you know, thinking about I mean that that transitions beautifully because the alike part, like I think there's so many beautiful things you know in both cultures. Like, mm-hmm. is it which is sad that there there's like these division of the enemy that tries to plant these seeds of discord. But like, oh. I've been around a lot of Nigerians now and I, in my adult life, like yeah. God has more than made up for um, <laughs> my youth because I feel like at each juncture of my adult life it's marked by Nigerians, um, mm. <laughs> seriously. Um, <laughs> um, and Ethiopians too, uh, but um, I think that the the, if, uh, the one thing that I, I I mean there are many things that I admire about Nigerians that I th- I think is amazing, but the one the one thing that I love especially is how expressive Nigerians are. I think they, in every sense of the term expressive. So whether it's mm-hmm. like. <laughs> expressive about their opinion verbally expressive um they're expressive um in worship they're expressive musically like they're expressive (laughs) like yeah nigerian people are like very expressive i think that's a great like word for nigerian culture and like that's something that i think is amazing because i think when you're around nigerian people being in their actual element um and that's when
1: e.g a nigerian wedding just come for one and your life won't be the same again i know
0: and i went to a yorba wedding um, some years ago and uh that was a complete cultural experience uh i've never been to a wedding like that before so i don't think i ever i would i've never experienced that i've, ne- I've never <laughs> that was a unique <laughs> opportunity none i i have always said that i hated weddings mm. and i truly meant that in my soul and i guess that was until i went to that unique <laughs> experience of a yoruba wedding and that yeah. stood in a class all its own yeah I guess I just hate non Yoruba weddings or not. I don't know <laughs> until I see don't another.
1: Work. Well, don't worry. You know, that's, a, that's another beautiful thing. One thing I would say is beautiful about the culture of Nigeria is because there are so many cultures and so many languages, you know, different cultures have their weddings in different ways. Like myself, I'm my a wife are from the same state, but we speak different languages. So the weddings we do are different from the weddings they do, the clothes we wear, and those are the things, that, that's like the pageantry that you love to see, we change like three times, you know, the clothes are very flamboyant, the dancers are there, you like, you have, it's just like a huge carnival, and it's all fun, it's just all fun, you know, uh, those are things that, you know, I know that a lot of folks, when they experience it, Americans, when they experience it, they're like, wow, this is, um,
0: yeah. Y'all are expressive, you do change clothes a lot. Shut up, Sosa is like a model. Of like he, like he no, doesn't we're not get talking about a d- quick. <laughs> He doesn't get ready quickly um, yeah, right. in any way, shape, or form because he has the like,
1: no. Batman
0: change of <laughs> yeah, clothing. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, so expressive, that's what I would say about Nigerian culture that I did not know growing up. But I do know now, uh, mm-hmm. for, sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, just
1: just think about it again. Uh, I would say I, as much as I can, I, I have these conversations with other Nigerians, and now I try to get them to that space of you see. This isn't just don't look at this the way we've always thought of it. Because I remember recently, I think I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and those things were coming up. You know, those same things we used to talk about about African Americans about oh, you know negative connotation more negative connotations that we grew up saying and i'm like dude you need to kind of open your mind up to the realities of what's been going on and he slightly agreed with me um but that reality of see we can't stay in that place where we just judge by the things that we thought we knew you know like we need to actually open up our minds have conversations educate ourselves and we we'll, would we'll definitely understand that you know that love hate that you would say which used to for us used to gravitate more towards hate. <laughs> it would definitely like be wiped away and we would have a full expression of love, you know, towards our black
0: brother. Well I agree. I agree. Yeah. So that's our pontification uh for today. Just want to give you guys some thoughts from yeah, black brother Nigerian brother, some of the dynamics. And I, I think <laughs> and I think this will be interesting because not a lot of people haven't really spelled out these dynamics between Black people and Nigerians. But this tension, um, people can feel and they can see in the culture. But mm-hmm. hopefully, we've shed some light for you guys. There are there's there's some beef there, but there is also some beauty and some things to be learned. So, mm-hmm. hey. Thank you for listening to this podcast we want to point you in the direction of our student crisis and relief fund if you're interested in supporting and advocating for black college students make sure you check out the website subcultureinc.org backslash student relief thank you again